with me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the salvation of my family and I. And the new season you have brought me into. I declare breakthroughs are coming in my life. Sudden breakouts of God's goodness and favor on every side. Not in drops or in streams, but a flood of God's power, healing, deliverance, wisdom, favor, and all that is necessary for life and godliness. I am a breakthrough person and I choose to be breakthrough-minded from now onwards. I'm expecting God to shower me with his goodness and amaze me with his favor all around. And in all that, he leads me to do and pursue in the name of Jesus Christ, son of the living God. This is my declaration for this season. And so shall it be as ordained by God. Amen. Amen. If you believe in that confession you have made, just give God some praise this, this morning and um, just take your seats wherever you are. This morning, I bring you a word of encouragement. The Lord literally spoke and whispered into my ears and I heard clearly the word of the Lord. He said, tell my people that they shouldn't stop. They shouldn't give up. Nothing can stop what he has purpose to do for us, except ourselves. You are the only person who can stop it. When you read Exodus chapter 1, the Bible says that when Pharaoh saw that the numbers of the Israelites had increased, he said, let us be shrewd unto them. But thank God, when you read from verse 10, and that's my key scripture, that's who, who, who I've started preaching. I, I, that when you read the verse 10, you will notice that it doesn't matter what was done to break their confidence, God kept his part of the promise. Child of God, I came this morning to announce to you that the covenant keeper has his eyes on you. You are on the field of life and the, the, the coach of your life has his eyes on you. He has not taken his eyes off you. It doesn't matter the circumstances that confront you. It doesn't matter what has come against you. What seems to be eroding the gains you have made. What seems to be undermining your faith. It doesn't matter because he has not given up. The Bible says he said, come and let us deal shrewdly with them. Least they multiply and it happened in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us. And so go up out of the land. Listen to me child of God. The reason why you seem to be going under so much attacks and a lot of demonic attention on your destiny is because you are not just an enemy to the enemy you see. You have common enemies. Hallelujah. You have common. Some are perceived. Some are in imaginary. Some are even just in, in, in whatever. Uh, people have just perceived them. But it doesn't matter. God is with you. And so the verse 11 says that 
Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them, to make things tough for them, to make things difficult for them. Some of us, it looks as if the voice of God is no longer in existence. Some of us, it looks as if the power of God is no longer at work because the harder we try, the more difficult things become. But I brought you good news. God says, don't stop. Keep on keeping on. Keep on pressing on because he has his eyes on you. The Bible says, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Rameses. Verse 12, 12 and, uh, I love this part. He said, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. The more, listen to me, your results, your fruitfulness, your holding on to the victor's flag and hoisting the flag of breakthrough is not determined by what is coming against you. It is determined by what is on your side. The more they afflicted them, I can literally see in the spirit that part of the shrewd attitude was to make sure that their men even became impotent. But they gave they said, Pastor, how did you know that? If that was not the agenda, he wouldn't have gone on to tell the midwives that kill the sons. Listen to me, child of God. It doesn't matter what the enemy is throwing at you. Just take it easy. I mean, just, just relax because your crying will not change anything. Your being anxious and trying to do things will not change anything. Just do your part. Your part is just to believe God and to just keep taking and making the decisions you have to make and take the actions you have to make and just keep your eyes on him because he has his eyes on you. He has not taken his eyes off you. The Bible says the more they afflicted, can you give me the GNT please? The more they afflicted, the more they grew. It says, but the more the Egyptians oppressed the Israelites, the more they increased in number and the farther they spread through the land. The Egyptians came to fear the Israelites. Oh, those who are waiting to celebrate your defeat, those who are waiting to mock at you, those who are waiting to say, didn't we say, I brought you good news. Say as the Lord, they will wait forever. Because the more they wish you evil, the more the power of God will be at work in your life. Already some of them are wondering, why is this guy not getting destroyed? Why is this lady not getting destroyed? What they do not know that we are not the one who budges and who breaks under affliction. The more you oppress us, the more we come out alive. They don't know that we are seeds. If you bury us, you have given us the opportunity to be more fruitful because Jesus said unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Hear this the enemies of our faith. Hear this the major, the father of all lies. Satan, hear this. We are not of those who die in the face of affliction and oppression. Rather, affliction and oppression brings out uh, the image of the Father. The Bible says in Isaiah 48 verse 10, uh, that in the fire of affliction, in the furnace of affliction, his glory
glory is revealed in us. Child of God, that is why it's important to understand that what you go through cannot define you. What you go through is actually a pointer. What you are fighting is actually an indication that you are going somewhere. If your life is not amounting to anything, trust me, Satan has no business with you. He's a strategist. He doesn't waste time. He doesn't waste time on people going nowhere. If you are just wondering why you were where you are, I want you to know oh, that the eyes of God are just on you. It is part of the process. It is part of the process. It says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Hear this child of God. In this year 2020, in our year of breakthrough, the more time that seems to be stolen from us because of this pandemic, the more we are positioned divinely to break through. It is not of him that willeth, neither is it of him that runneth, but it is of the Lord who showeth mercy. We are candidates of God's mercy. In this season, whether the enemy likes it or not, we are breaking through. That is why our testimony will be sweet. That is why our testimony will sound impossible. It will sound like arranged. That is where God takes his glory. If your testimony can be explained, God does not take the glory. And I want you to know this morning that God's eyes are on you. Hallelujah. Don't stop. Tell somebody, don't stop. Those who are watching and, and parties, tell, tell each other, don't stop. Don't stop. Tell them, don't give up that dream. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't let what has come against you deter you. Don't let what is coming against you or what is resisting you cause you to, 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 to begin to doubt God. The Bible says, and Job's wife said to him, why don't you curse this God and die? Can you imagine? There are certain counselors around you who are even more than grave looters and they are more than undertakers because their counsel if you follow you will die and God will use someone else for your glory. In this season you must be very sensitive. Uh, yes, many are, are, are the Bible says in the, in the multitude of uh, counselors there is safety but you must be sensitive to see through all the counsel that is giving you. Why would somebody tell a man who has lived his entire life for God to curse God? If you curse God what will be the foundation of your life? Child of God, don't worry. Afflictions are manifestations of God's goodness over your life. Don't give up. Don't give up. And don't stop. Now, I want us to look at a, a, a certain script about a certain king. We want to look at a story about a second king in second kings. Second kings. Very, very strategic story. 13, 14 to 20. The Bible says that Elisha was about to die. And I can understand why sometimes we go through the kind of emotions we go through when what you believe is going to work suddenly seems it seems that it can't work. Or it seems that it is about to desert you. So let's, let's read on. Oh, once again, tell yourself, I won't stop believing. 
I will not give up. I will receive what the Lord has promised me. If he has said it, then it will come to pass. If he has promised it, I will receive it. Because he's not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should change his mind. Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 13 verse 14. He says, Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he will die. Somebody say, hey, Chai. Hey, this is a serious diagnosis. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he will die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. He was giving his nickname, his covenant name. He said, oh, and you know, sometimes, listen to me, child of God. One of the things that will help you to survive the attacks of the enemy is how to strengthen yourself. People will come as if they, they care and yet they are mourning with you into your grave. So this guy came to his source. Now remember that in those days, every king needed a prophet, a seer, a man of God, who would declare to him the mind of God. And this guy was getting discouraged because who is, and remember, this was a stage where Elisha had not raised any other prophet after him. Gehazi, Vamut, out of greed, so the king, understanding how things worked in Israel, was beginning to get scared. I know I'm speaking to somebody. Yes, you, you watching, I'm speaking to you. Maybe this year there were great plans. People have promised you. And then suddenly for the last three months of our lives, it looks as if nothing is going on. People who have the money are not spending because of uncertainty. People who have promised you are not picking your calls because of uncertainty. I brought you the word of God. Don't be afraid. He is still with you. The Bible says the young man, the young king came and said, oh, he wept over his face and said, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Verse 15, and Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. Listen to me, child of God. God has gone ahead of that challenge already. He is ahead of that challenge. Don't be afraid. Don't be perturbed. Don't be disturbed. Yes, what is happening is real. It is scary. But remember that there is a God who is more scarier than what is carrying us. So Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. Do you see what is happening? And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the lost deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Afek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. Oh, 
He struck three times and struck. Listen, child of God. Sometimes supernatural manifestations are not enough. God is not just interested in revealing himself to us in fearful scenes and atmospheres. They are supposed to drive us for bigger things. Don't be satisfied because you see visions. Don't be satisfied because you can hear the voice of God. That voice you hear is not just supposed to encourage and edify and comfort you. It is also supposed to power you. In times of weakness, you remind yourself, did the Lord not say it? This is what happened in the case of Joshua and Caleb in the book of Joshua. Caleb came and said, oh Joshua, do you remember when we were 40 years old, the Lord said, the voice of God should not just be treasured and revered. It is a source of power to them that have it. He said to the man, stroke, and he did just struck three times. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six. You should have gone beyond supernatural into ability, into divine ability. Six in the realm of humanity. Listen, sometimes we live in the realm of human beings, but what makes us champions is not determined by the realm we see. The unseen is more stronger and more physical and more, more, more powerful than what we see. So I said, why did you stop? That's why I, I, I'm taking the theme of my message from. Don't stop. You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Twenty. Then Elisha died. And they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. Then Elijah died. This morning, I want to share with you five things that will help you to keep on keeping on. Five things. After all the encouragement I've given you and exaltation. I want to share five things with you. Somebody say five. Five things that will help you. Number one. Always review what you have been promised. Every, as, in fact, if you can do it every morning, do it. Constant review of the promise will keep hope alive. Praise the Lord. Constant review of what God has said to you will always keep. Listen, people say, oh, the more you remind yourself, then you will become discouraged. A discouraged person is an empty person. He lacks the word. And I'm choosing my words carefully. We all get discouraged, but you don't remain there. 
The Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. How did he do it? He reminded himself of the battles God has fought for him, of the deliverance God has brought to him. Listen to me. You must consistently review. Sometimes the energy and the inner power, tenacity to move on in the face of adversity is knowing what God has said and counting God faithful. Counting him faithful. That's why Abraham, at the age of 99, will still believe when angels were prophesying to him that you will have a son. He believed. But do you know that the first time he was told, he laughed first. And laughter came from him first before Sarah later on laughed. And I love Romans chapter 4. He says he counted him faithful who has promised him. And it was accounted unto him as righteousness. To go on, to keep on keeping on. Even in the midst of COVID, I want to speak to the leadership of this nation and the leadership of the world. We can't give up. Let us not let the, the numbers care us. In fact, when you want to think seriously and morally think about COVID-19, it will kill you. It will break you down because it's strange. That's why people can afford to play politics with everything. And if you are in charge, you will know. Hallelujah. I want to, and, and I've been praying this morning. I prayed for our president. I said, God, give him the courage to see that you are able to do it. Not what is happening. Because listen, if you look at what is happening, you will be discouraged and discouragement will kill you. Sometimes they say, oh, we are fanatics. We, we don't, uh, uh, we, we, we don't, they say we don't face reality. What is reality? Who told you reality is what you are seeing? The real things of life are not seen. At this point, again, people, they, they always talk faith, faith, faith. They, 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 they say we are what? We are divorced from reality and truth. What is truth? I've even heard people try to explain Matthew chapter 25. Oh, God help those who help themselves. That is not what it means. Look, those people who went to work was because they were given work to do. What help did they help themselves? What are you talking about? They were given work, work to do. That's why judgment even came. I can only judge you by the instructions I give you. That's what Jesus even said that you can't go to somebody's house and begin to judge his servants. You can't because you have not given them any instructions. No, because you shout your housemates around, you shout on them around. Hey, hey, hey! You go to your friend's house and you begin to, where are your housemates? And then you hear your friend calling, oh, come. They don't talk to these housemates like that. They don't respect. Who told you? Parenthood is the same thing. You may be the type who slaps your children every morning. You don't take that to your neighbor's house. They will throw you out like a cat. And a kite. It will fly in the air. Hallelujah. We must review constantly. Remind yourself. Hallelujah. I love Psalm 27. It is one of the most, most difficult moments in the life of David. 
In fact, when you read the verse 1 to 4, it's a bit scary. You see, sometimes we just quote these things, so we don't get the picture behind the story. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Why was David saying this? It means he was going through darkness. He couldn't see what, how possible what God had promised him would become. Listen, when God has promised to make you a king and there is a king on the throne who is so, so secured, how will you believe it? Some of you have received prophecies. Not even from the pulpit. God spoke to you yourself. You will be great. And the things God is showing you, when you wake up in the morning and you listen to the news and look at social media, there are giants there. But I brought you good news. As long as they are giants, they have weak spots that the Davids of this life can exploit to bring them down. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? It wasn't an encouragement to. He was reminding, because listen, he was talking about whom shall I fear? And I can imagine his face. Whom shall, eh? Whom shall I what? If you were not afraid, why were you dodging his arrows and his javelins? The Bible says an evil spirit will come upon Saul. In fact, sometimes when you read the scriptures, he took advantage of what people knew and misbehaved. Sometimes the evil spirit had not even come. He was just misbehaving. Because he had marked David. When you read 1 Samuel 17, don't go there, let me just, but there is a, there is a statement there. The Bible says, and when the women began to sing, Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his ten thousands. And the new King James, the King James says, and Saul began to eye David. Chapter 18. No, no, no the same 17, 54 that was. The Bible says that when they were coming back from the battle, he asked his guy, Abner, whose son is this? Whose son is this? And Abner said, oh, don't you know? He's the son of Jesse and blah, blah, blah. He had made a promise already. His family was exempted from tax. Now he had to give him his daughter. And the man plotted with the daughter. I pray for you. Whatever will be used to distract you, to take you off the track God has set you on, God will frustrate it. Constantly review. Whom shall I fear? Because there was a, a terrible person than Goliath. He said, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And he was not referring to Goliath. He was referring to the one standing between him and the throne. Verse 2, let's move on. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, who was this wicked? The Bible says that one time he was singing, playing the harp. I believe he was singing Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Saul was sitting down as if he was enjoying, as if the anointing had come upon him. The Bible says he picked the javelin and he thought to pin David to the wall with the javelin. 
But David swerved. And if you realize, that was his last time in the palace. When the wicked came up against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Remind yourself. See, sometimes, eh, some of us, the enemy is just multiplying his arsenals because we look unshakable. It is not because we are supermen. It is because we constantly remind ourselves. We constantly review every morning. I set up, I thank God for the university. I thank God for the institutions this church is going to build. Listen, if Christianity must make an impact, the trial and error from the pulpit must end. We need to raise men and women of God who will go beyond inspiration message, who will teach the letter and the spirit. Accurately dividing the word of truth. Sometimes, if you study hermeneutics, you understand that accuracy has nothing to do with what the spirit is telling you. Review constantly. Let me give you an example. For instance, God has promised to give you a child. God has promised to give you a job. And age is catching up on you. What will help you keep that word is constantly reminding yourself of what he said. None shall be barren. Neither shall any miscarry their young. Keep it every morning. Review it. One of the ways to keep your faith alive is to review and remind yourself consistently that God is faithful. He said, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be what? Confident. What, what was the this? That the Lord. Go to the verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that the Lord would see, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living constantly. Give me the verse 13. Give me the amplified version. He said, what? What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? And this belief here had nothing to do with faith. He was saying that had I not consistently reminding myself. Don't be afraid. I've had people say, Pastor, the more I think about it, the more depressed I become. Your foundation is faulty. If your foundation in the world is solid, you should be bold. In fact, listen, people have lived on in the midst of the most terrible situations. They didn't die because in their mind's eye, they kept seeing what they were dreaming of. Sometimes the existence, your existence, the continuation of your own life is connected to the hope you have. What future you see for yourself. Why do you think David was making statements like, I shall not die, I shall live. Is he not the one who made those statements? Because death was following him all the time. If he dodges, if he's able to, sorry, if he's able to dodge King Saul, he will go and meet the Philistines. 
If he dodges the Philistines, he will go and meet the Amorites. There was battle all over because of just one promise, but he didn't stop. Child of God, don't stop. Child of God, don't stop. Don't let even the experts say you should stop because the expert Saul was the most military strategic expert in Israel. He told David himself, you are not able to fight this man for he has been a man of war from his youth. And David said, don't worry. The Lord who gave me victory over the bear and the lion will give me victory review consistently David knew he couldn't die because he found him who had promised him faithful review now I want to speak to Reverend Grace this morning review Reverend Grace review Whatever the enemy is doing is like throwing flowers at you. In their mind, they are throwing arrows. But it will hit you as flowers. Just review constantly. The Lord said you will be a general of us, a general secretary of an international church. We have just begun. You won't die. review. Look, some of the scriptures we read, David was encouraging himself. Some of them said, one thing have I, inquire of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. When you read the verse 4, in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Constantly review. Reviewing the promises of God does so many things to you. It will encourage you. It will inspire you. It will bring joy. Listen, people who are excited in the presence of God all the time and are expectant are people who consistently review. They consistently what? You want to maintain your excitement in life? You want to be expectant even when there is nothing to hold on to? You must be a person who reviews consistently. I didn't say who redefines you. Review. Remind yourself. Review. God said this. Has it come to pass? No. He is faithful. I'm believing him. I'm believing him. And I look at my own life. Where I have come from. And I don't say these things so that you have compassion on me. That's why nobody can break my confidence. Nobody. Nobody. Because what inspires me is not a dream. What inspires me happened in my past. I need no argument with you. Healing has passed. That's your own. My own is he healed me. Can you take that from me? In John chapter 9, the man said, once I was blind, now I can see. He said, you people, what is your problem? Do you, he said, he said, do you want to even be his followers? Then he said, you are mad. Come on, get out from here. I know where God has brought me from. Listen to me. You who is watching, you who is listening. God can change your story. Just cooperate with him. And stop the Adrian game. The big mind. It won't take you anywhere. I remember one time I sowed a seed into a church. 
man of God came to my house. It was because I was a young man. I was barely 24, 25. He said, where did you get the money from? I said, well, from my first contract. And I felt I should give this. And sometimes I can trace why God has lifted me from that seed. At that time, I needed two vehicles on my project site. You know, we didn't buy the vehicles, but we did the project successfully. And that project gave us other projects. Don't walk in this life with Ajinkesia. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge. It means sit God down and say, what do you want me to do? The success story of David. Yes, he wasn't a, a, a lazy boy. But you must also understand that your hard work must be inspired. That there's a God who rewards faithfulness. So number one, constantly review. What did God say? He said, I'll make you the head. Two years, I'm not the head. What did he say? I'll make you the head. Now, if you watch the conversations between God and Abraham, from Genesis chapter 14, going, it was like God was always reminding Abraham. Abraham will come and say, God, you said you give me a son. I am 80. I don't have the son. God will say, don't worry. Then after a while, when he noticed that God was not talking about it, he will say, God, now I am old. And Eliezer of Damascus <laughs> will inherit everything you have. God said, no. Chapter 17 says, oh, now I know Ishmael. God said, no. Your wife Sarai shall bear a son and he shall be the bearer of this covenant. Child of God, my counsel to you this morning, number one, to keep on keeping on, to not stop in this quest to become who God says you are. In order to be bold and move, review. God does not change his mind. Always remind yourself. Review it. Review. Like we do in Ghana. Newspaper review. They are not rewriting the stories. They are just reading what has been written. And they give a commentary on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two. If you want to keep on. Always let your past remain in your past. In fact, if you can, set fire on your past. If you can, set fire on your past. People will try to remind you of the failures. And they can quote accurately people who chose the path you are working on and how their end became miserable. Who said they became miserable? Who determines who ended well and who didn't end well? At least the story in the book of Luke, Lazarus and the rich man should tell you that God's scale of judgment is totally different from how man judges. Hallelujah. 
am I communicating to somebody? We need to come to that place, my brothers and sisters, where we will not allow our past to disrupt our future. Whether that past is glorious, because sometimes, let me, let me stay here for two minutes. Listen, when we talk about burying your past, it doesn't mean everything in your past is negative. In fact, I have come to realize that in as much as the negative in your past can deny you your future, even the positives are stronger. That's what we call a bathing in your glory days, your past glories. Past glory. When we were we, where were you? Now we are here. We too, where are you? So when I talk about set fire on your past, I'm not just talking about the mistakes you have made and that, that has given you scars and you are bitter and you are suspicious. No, I am also talking about the victories you have won before in the past. It's okay. You can only go there to draw inspiration. Otherwise, forget it and press on. Paul said the things that are behind, I leave them behind and I press on to the upward goal. There is always something ahead. Praise the Lord. I can't hear your amen. Am I communicating this morning? Yes, I know. You are a rich man. You used to be a rich man. Master, now you don't have. Stop telling us stories of the past. And look for how you can regain and overtake. When I remember those days, when we closed from church, I would take all the guys out, buy them food. What about today? Because sometimes the danger in making references to your past frequently is that it makes you very bitter and slows you down. Especially if you can't see that reflection in your life currently. And I said this, your past will be your future until you have the courage to create a new one. Can I repeat that? Your past will be and remain your future until you have the courage to create a new one. That's how you can't live in the past. I pray for you this morning that God will give you the grace. One of the dangerous agents of distraction is your past. Either positive or negative. Either of them can destroy you. I encourage you to take every memory that continues to wound you. Take all of the pain. All of the regret. Take all of the bitterness and disappointment. Take all the moments of betrayal and every failure out of your heart and put them in the fire. Take also that which has made you a, an ancient rock of ages. You are not moving on. People receive prophecies say chair. People talk about their dreams and say chair. Put all of them in the fire. Put all of them in the fire. Like I said, if you want to go into your past, draw inspiration. Apart from that, don't look at anything. The truth about the past is that you can't even do anything about it. We only learn. Yesterday in the morning, I took time to listen to one, one, one of 
a man of God who had died and all kinds of things. And I listened to an interview he granted. He said, and, and I say what he says, whether he's lying or not. He said, me, manjedru. Because his story is a bit worrying. How God could raise a guy who was a truck pusher to international fame and then he died. It is even more than grass. Fell from more than grace to grass. One thing I liked about him, the guy never gave up. He kept saying, I will rise again. But sometimes that's the thing. In rising, the people you surround yourself with is very important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. We are talking about set your past on fire. Burn it! If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus is not saying go and destroy everything. He is saying that the past must be put in perspective. Hallelujah. Number three. Number three. Act. Behave. Walk and work like your fulfillment in life is connected to that dream. What I'm simply saying is that refuse to be satisfied with whatever has happened in the past. You must desire for more. An American will say there's got to be more. Act like your life depends on what you are believing God for. That's why you don't stop. This king didn't understand. If he understood that the peace in his kingdom was connected to the perpetual silencing of the Syrians, he wouldn't have struck three times. He would have struck more. Because when the arrow was shot through the east gate, it meant that the beginning of victory. So he shouldn't have stopped. Act like your life depends on it. Very, very important. Very, very important. Don't sing songs of defeat. Don't speak words of defeat and self what do you call it? Pity. Encourage yourself. One of the things I love about David, my brothers and sisters, he was one guy who had so many challenges, even spiritually. There was contention over his life. Per the laws of God. Spiritually, his legitimacy could be challenged. Biologically, his, his, his what? legitimacy was challenged. Not could be, was. Because he was a child from outside. Concerning the kingship, another one. What kind of child are you? Like you, you walk around saying that the king is his throne is for you. What do you mean? 
But he didn't give up. Whatever came against him, he would run to God. Whatever came against him, he would run to God. When he was in difficulty, he would run to God. When people, his own people didn't even understand why he kept on keeping on, he would still run to God. Most of us are not choosing between life and death. We are choosing between existence and death. Most of us, sorry to say, we are not choosing between life and death. We are only choosing between existence and death. You are just existing. Because if you are, you, you are not existing, you will be more active. Brothers and sisters, when you see a man or a woman who has worked their way to the top, it is not accident. It is not chance. They pay the price. And these are the things I'm teaching you. Number one, always review. What did God say? I'm 20. You can do it. You know, sometimes when you, you, you perceive you have time, it's easy to believe. Because you perceive you have time. Can you imagine? A prophecy comes to a 20-year-old girl. You'll be married. You'll be a married woman. You don't even pray. Wait till you cross 40. Wait till you are 45. 49, 50. Can you still be confessing? Your ability to keep your eye on the promise is what shifts you from existence to life and death. By the power of God, I push you out of any realm of existence. Live. Choose to live. And stop the choice you have made between existence. Do you know people who are in existence? People in existence are the people who are just there. Hoping that one day things will work out. Listen, nothing just happens. The Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, you will reap. Be active. Sow to your future. Think about it. Reflect about it. And let your actions indicate that this is what you are looking at. Not this is where, not where you are. Choose to live. From today, move away from choosing between life and death. Or choosing between existence and death. Go to the place of this is life and death. I was sharing with one of my friends, my pastor, my covenant brother, Pastor Richard. I was telling him, I said, Richard, every preaching opportunity, I treat it like life and death. I preach like that is the last time I will preach in that place. I don't go and treat when you go and you see five people. Okay, then you sing. Ah, that's what some of my colleagues do. It affects you. If you found it worthy to invite me, I will preach like I'm preaching to 20,000. When I went to preach for my father in the Lord, you saw that it was the same way I preach here. Don't say, oh, I'm waiting for that crowd. That is existence. Cha 
child of God, from today, don't wait for anyone to make your life count. Make yourself count. My pride is not, not in what I have achieved. My pride is in the infinite word of God over my life. He said I'm the head and not the tail. He said I'm above and not beneath. He said I'm blessed beyond measure. So anything I see does not intimidate me. It only inspires and encourages me. Is someone getting blessed today? Number four. Number four. Always remind yourself of what you want to become per the promise on your head. Remind yourself. So that you don't settle for less. Do you know that if you forget what you have been promised, you can settle for anything? Daughter of Zion. Because you don't know you are a daughter of Zion, you go and marry a prince in Babylon. And because of Obadiah, as a woman at a certain age, you must marry before you aspire. And we have all these statements in our culture. How can we progress? So we live in a part of the world where single women don't attain anything. Because all the cultural statements and in one those point to the fact that you are successful when you are married. What do you call that boxing ring? What? Marriage? Be determined. Don't accept things that look like what God promised you. Go for what he promised you. Know exactly what you want and keep your eye on it. Amen. Hallelujah. Marriage is good. The bed undefiled. Listen, if you get a godly marriage, grab it. But don't do it. Because half a loaf is better than none. It depends on what that half is. Half a loaf with agi and a foo mempe. Hallelujah. I'll be wrapping up short. If you don't know what you want, then God trying to give you what he wants is a wasted effort. You must know what you want. Oh, I believe I'm blessing somebody this morning. No, stop. The fuel to keep you going are these five keys. Constantly review. Declare. Be clear in your mind what you want. Don't even take what looks like. Looks like. In your heart, you want to drive a Land Cruiser. And because your money is never reaching, somebody brings you a Ford Escape and says, oh, it is also SUV. So you take it. My friend, 
Their strengths are different. Land Cruiser and Ford Escape are not the same. Even Ford Explorer, they are not the same. Even Honda Pilot, they are not. Stop going for what looks like. The real you can have if you pay the price. Hallelujah. Remind yourself consistently. Remind yourself. Whenever I walk around, I don't walk in, in pride. I don't drive around in pride. I drive around as the general overseer of several churches across the world. They're not churches to make me proud. Churches that will raise souls and deliver people from hell and prepare them as an army, not just an end-time army. I don't know when he's coming, but whether our children pick it up, their children's children pick it up, they shouldn't be failing God. We must always hoist the flag of this vision. Raising the standard. Helping our generation to reveal God's glory and causing us to walk in a redemptive call. We believe that everybody here on earth came with an assignment. Psalm 139 verse 15. He said, all my parts yet unformed, you knew it. My days were written in a book. As I walk around town, I don't care what you say about me. Have your say, God will have his way. One day, one of us will certainly swallow what we think. And it is you, not me. If you don't know what you want, then God trying to give you what he wants is a wasted effort. You have to want what God wants in order to receive what God wants to give you. You have to want what God wants. Want it. What he wants is that you will be above and not beneath. What he wants is that you will walk in the image of his son. Only begotten son, Christ Jesus. What he wants is that wherever you find yourself, you will be his representative. You are an ambassador. That is what God wants. Want it. Servants of God, he wants us to walk in his power. Healing the sick. Performing all kinds of miracles. Raising his church to be full of his word. Hallelujah. There are times in life when it is not within the scope of God's intention for our life to give us certain things we ask for. But we would, we wouldn't, but wouldn't you rather err by asking for too much than too little? I would prefer to err asking for too much than to appear before God and he says, do you see that car? Do you see that house? If I do see all that money, it was for you. Pastor, all these souls in this community, they were for you. I had wired you to bring them to me because sufficient for the day, the evil thereof. You know, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says that it is the fool who has said, give me only what I and my family shall eat. How can you help? Some of you, your greatness, your son will rise as you become major financiers of visions. Not just sponsoring missionaries. Visions like ours. We want to build an university not for pride. 
to raise people who are technically sound. Theologian, theologian. Agriculturist, agriculturist. Welder, welder. Carpenter, carpenter. I won't say designer. Tailor, tailor. Not the tailor who sews. And it's as if he didn't measure you. Some carpenters will, will construct and build for you a table and still because one leg is longer than no. Spirit of excellence is the mark of the children of God. It's not for some people. All of us are supposed to have it. I'll read that again. If you don't know what you want, then God trying to give you what he wants is a wasted effort. You have to want what God wants in order to receive what God wants to give you. You have to want what God wants in order to receive what God wants to give you. Wanting, wanting. Finally, number five. Be ready. Be ready. Because that time will come. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Many people wonder why God has not given them opportunities. Many people wonder why God has not given them opportunities when in fact God is also wondering why they have not chosen or taken the opportunities he has presented. How many of our IT people in Ghana have become millionaires in the last three months? Look at how every church is doing Facebook life. What have you built? Most of the churches are just doing trial and error. But you should be able to build something, a software, something. Build a program and say, look, all you need to do is to download this on this laptop and you are airing. You are good to go. Because we are just there waiting to be made, given the opportunity then we will now rehearse. No. David had prepared to slay giants so the giant didn't scare him. You cannot know every challenge you will face. But you can know who you are when you face that challenge. You can know. Prepare for opportunities. Be ready when opportunities come. Don't let things come your way and you are not ready for it. Just be ready. Me, I have my drawings for our university, for our auditorium, for the business I want to do for my family. So no money misses road. You can't miss road in my hands, in my pocket. You can't. I don't get money and I'm not going to plan what to do with it. I've got the plans, man. Be ready. Some of you, if God should appear in your room right now and said, I have come in the fullness of all my glory. Three things I should do for you quickly. You'll be scratching. 
You are walking in life without priorities. You'll be scratching your head. Oh God, um, God, I needed money. God, I also needed marriage. God, I also needed children. My friend, which one do you want? Prepare for it. Some of us, God will never give us blank check. He will not. Because he knows that even if it is one, it will come with ten. Like he asked Solomon, what do you want me to do for you? He said, give me wisdom. And that thing brought him fame, brought him power, brought him wealth, brought him everything, including women. Wisdom. As for Solomon's wisdom, I don't like it. Some theologians believe that one of the reasons why he married plenty was that if he sees you are a threat to his kingdom, he will come and marry from your palace. And if your daughter is in my palace, will you attack it? <laughs> if your daughter is in my palace, will you attack it? <laughs> he, he, he overstretched the wisdom. This morning, God sent me to share this with you brothers and sisters. There is nothing too big God cannot do. When you read Isaiah 54 verse 2, the message Bible, it says, think big. Stop asking for little things. People who are ready for everything are people who are not ready. People who ask God for, oh, just a little, you are not ready. Be ready. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Listen, the God we have inside of us, the life of God we have inside of us, the abilities of God we have inside of us, is not for mediocre, mediocrity, mediocre things, small, small things, mundane things. No, they are for big things. Don't stop desiring. Don't stop believing. Don't stop pursuing. Keep on and let these five keys be with you and you will succeed in the name of Jesus. I pray for you this morning that the grace of God will draw you from that hole, that hole of disappointment, that hole of almost giving up, that hole of getting to a state of neutral. Now you, you are there. If it will happen, it should happen. If it doesn't happen, I did. Country broke or country no broke, I did. I busy be. May God's grace draw you out from that. And I speak to everybody who is under the sound of my voice, who is watching me this morning. If you have not given your life to Jesus, my brother, my sister, listen to this. All I have said, you can apply it, but it will not work. We apply this in grace. We apply this knowing that the Spirit of God will aid us. If you have never given your life to Jesus, maybe you just go to church. Maybe you love Prophet Labi, and so you watch my live telecast, but you have never attempted a relationship with God. You manage prayer once every year. This morning, I want to give you the opportunity. Wherever you are, in the, cons in the confines of your home, in your closet, I want you to pray with me one minute. Say with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus died for my sins to bring me back to the Father. Therefore, I receive him as my personal Lord and Savior. Rule in my heart from today. Lead me in Jesus' name. I thank you for making me born again. 
I give you praise. I give you glory in the name of Jesus. With that prayer, you are born again. You have already been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Please, you can send us, inbox us your name and your details. We will put you on our database. We'll be praying with you if you just pray this prayer. I also want to pray for people who are now in neutral because life has bashed you. You are now in neutral. Everything goes. I pray that the spirit of God, according to Romans 8, 11, that raised Jesus from the dead will revive you. It will quicken your mortal bodies. I declare that today, a new lease of life has entered into you. You will not give up her because you are an overcomer. You are a more than a conqueror. I declare that the life of Christ which is inside you because you received him as your Lord and personal Savior. I declare that the Holy Spirit who is your helper and advocate. Oh, because you believe in Jesus. I declare that their works will be active in your life from today. May your appetite be deeper and huge for the things of God in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for all of us this week uh, as we step out, we will reveal God's glory as never before. I declare over you the anointing to possess the gate of the enemy, the enemy of your finances, the enemy of your health, the enemy of your peace, the enemy of your progress, the enemy of everything God has promised you. I declare over you the anointing to possess the gate of that enemy. This week they will fall flat before you. As God made the way in the wilderness uh, and in the red, through the Red Sea for the children of Israel, I declare over you that a way is being made for you. This week you will see the hand of God at work in your life. I pray for all of us also this week uh, that the enemy and whatever medium they use to frustrate the grace of God as the Lord disconnects the, the wheels of the chariots. Uh, he will disconnect whatever empowers them to harm you. God has disconnected it. God has disconnected it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank God for your lives, please.